And this morning we are talking about why are you up and we're having a conversation and we are joined by Mpulukeng Mudau and she is the founder of Ntigayesiswe Development Foundation which translates to Pillar of the Nation in Kosa. A very good morning to you Mpulukeng. Thank you so much, Kenny, for having me. Thank you for being with us this morning. Now, you are running a a, a development foundation called Intikayesizwe, and you, you do have the Uplifting a Child campaign, and you say that the aim of this campaign is to assist four of the university boys you are working uh, with from Amazing Grace, and you say these young men, they need laptops, books, and allowance for the month, and the campaign is premised on the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Tell us what it is that you do as a foundation and an NGO and specifically what your campaign is all about and why these young men inspired you to start this campaign. Okay. Um, It's a career development foundation. It's like you explained it, that it translates to being a pillar of the nation. It's um, it's obviously ultimately we want to be that pillar which the, fund, the, the nation stands on, and what we aim to do is that to be hope to have to be a hope to those that do not have hope, and be able to assist a lot of people in so many different ways. We have various initiatives that we have: we coaching young girls, providing sanitary pads, running a mobile library, and also encouraging uh, sports. So our recent campaign, which is uplifted, a child campaign, it's exactly that. It's uh, I never really understood what it means to that uh, it takes a village to raise a child until this campaign came to my mind. And as I was brainstorming it, um, I understood exactly that, that mm. it does take a village to raise a child because we cannot depend only on um, immediate family to assist in raising a nation. Uh, in, in raising leaders out there. But if we do it as a group, it's so beneficial. And also we, our approach to it, it's a participatory development. A lot of people um, don't participate or we don't take things as as they are. We don't connect in a lot of programs because we have people coming into our community and saying, okay, we're going to do one, two, three, four, five for you, as opposed to saying, what do you need us to help you with? So that tomorrow we stand together and all the stakeholders participate in making sure that this initiative works. So we're also taking that approach that it's a participatory development, bring all the stakeholders together and let us work and make all these programs work. Mm. And your work as Ntigayesizwe Development Foundation, uh, just tell us more about running it on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it beca- it's a bit difficult because, especially because it's a it's something that has been so close to my heart and, and, and my co-founders. Mm-hmm. Because we're running it out of our pockets, most of our programs uh, we run it out of our pockets, and we 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 believe that we should not wait for government or we should not wait for companies or other people who would like to support us for their funding and their sponsorship because we're doing this. Because of our hearts, we want to see development taking place. We want to see our communities growing. We want to bring up leaders in our communities. We decided to go ahead and start. Every Wednesday, we meet up with young girls at Lion Park Primary School, and we do life coaching with them, uh, providing them toiletries as well on a monthly basis. Every Sunday, we are at the Amazing Grace Children's Home, and we're doing 
coloring and book reading with the zero to three year olds. With the four to five year olds, we read for them books, and then the older children will also do a bit of life coaching because we don't want them to be so consumed in their environment, their immediate environment, and not being exposed to things out there. Because at the end of the day, their immediate environment is ultimately what they're going to grow up seeing the world as. Mm. So we work, we're working so hard to take them out there through books, through discussions and topics. And yes. Oh, wow, that is amazing. Where do you operate from? Uh, currently, the address is my home. <laughs> Where, which province, which part of it's the in, country are you in? We are in Randburg, in Johannesburg. However, I've got two of my co-founders. One is in Eastern Cape. And then the other one is in the fifth state. In the fifth state, there's another home that we are looking into adopting. Mm-hmm. And then we are also still trying to map out programs that will work because we don't just say, oh, okay, we're going to take everything duplicated there. We, we go out into that community and see, will this work? How will, how will it be sustainable? How will we be able to go around it? Because also, you know, different languages, cultures are different uh, as opposed to here in Johannesburg and all of that. So... We, we're still mapping out as to how our programs will be able to assist the community in Balfontine in the Fifth State in the Eastern Cape. But currently, the ones that are up and running are the programs that are here in Johannesburg. And, and to those who, who, are, who are running other NGOs and perhaps would like to know from you, how do you keep going, especially with issues of funding and other logistics? How do you get around that? I think one of the most important things that drives us, like I said, it's the passion to develop people. It's the passion where we say that um, to liberate a person, you start with the mindset. And that's one of the things we tackle when, we, when we're doing the life coaching, uh, when we do the life coaching through our life coaching sessions. And the challenges that we have, I believe everybody has challenges, mm. uh, but we, we persevere. And one of the most important things that I always preach is that you show up. You show up because these children at the children's home and the ones at Lion Park, most of them, they live in the shacks. They live with, uh, you know, in disadvantaged areas. You show up. You don't want to start something and tomorrow you have neglected these kids, making them feel abandoned. I think for me that is the biggest thing. I fear abandoned abandonment so much mm. that when I think about not going there, I wake up and I run there. So, yes, that's what drives us because we don't want them feeling abandoned and forgotten. So, yes. Now, if I'm looking at your your, your profile, um, you know, you also grew up in the rural areas. You come from uh, Tabanchu, and you say that you were surrounded by the ills faced by child-headed homes and the physical and emotional abuse suffered by children in your community. Tell us a little bit more about your own background and upbringing. That is so true. My dad died at an earlier age when when I was when I was uh, very young in 1995, he actually shot himself, and that's how he died. Mm. And those were one of the things that actually broke me as a human being. Um, but as I grew up, I grew out of it, and especially with the help of my mom, my brother, and Lungel, by the people that were there for me. And I, I always look back and say, if I didn't have these people in my life, my grandparents, aunt, what would have happened to me? Yeah. You know, it's not everybody that comes out of a situation, and mainly because there isn't anybody to assist them out of a situation. 
There isn't anybody that pulls them up. There isn't somebody that will say, you know what, there's hope. There is a tomorrow, and tomorrow might actually be a lot brighter and sunnier. So that's that's what brought this. I think it's a passion that just was installed by God in me to say that this is your purpose. You're going to be hope to those that need it. Mm. Growing up in Kabanchu, you know, it breaks my heart so much. Even now when I go back home, uh, most of the people that I grew up with, drinking, um, you know, sitting I'm at, at, at the corners of the street saying, ah, sister, give me that friend. Yeah. It breaks my heart because um, all they needed probably was hope. So it got me into that. It got me into that thinking that nobody grows up or is born thinking I'm going to be a criminal. Nobody is born thinking that I'm going to steal, I'm going to be a nobody. Mm. Circumstances in life put us in those type of situations and we just need to navigate and learn how to navigate. And ultimately, that's what we want to do. We want to be that navigation system that says you are not your circumstances and this is how you can come out of it. Wonderful. Now, in terms of, you know, the work that you do on a daily basis, we've spoken about your inspiration and the fact that you want these young kids that you work with to know that there is somebody that, um, you know, they can depend on. And to someone who's saying, you know, I've also had a passion uh, when I'm bulugang to start an NGO, but I really don't know where to start. And I don't know, you know, what are some of the steps that I need to take? How does a person go about starting and perhaps registering the organization? I would say expose yourself to other organizations because I believe that we're not working in isolation. All the foundations in in government and private sector, we should not not work in isolation. We should actually work together because there is just too much to do for one organization. So I would say expose yourself mostly a lot to other non uh, non governmental institutions mm. and learn on how what they're doing, the projects that they are doing because obviously they're doing different things and the one that you know you are you are more in alignment with, learn, stay there. Even if it's for six months to a year, just how they run the day to day foundation, how do they come up with these programs, the, the monitoring and evaluation of it, how do they do it? And from there then you can decide on, on 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 registering your com- your your company because you don't wanna today oh no no today I'm doing uh, library oh but no tomorrow I'm doing empower empowerment of of youth you know don't be a hopper so learn as much as you can and find your calling I call it the calling mm. find your calling but you can only do that from learning from other organizations absolutely wonderful and yeah oh sorry it's easy to so uh, our, our system now, it's so easy. You go on CIPC uh, mm. website and you just start sending your details. But it's very easy and it's very fast to have a feedback home. Now, in terms of the campaign that you are running, the Uplift a Child campaign, how far are you, you know, in just some of your efforts to get um, the laptops, the the funding that you're looking for, the school fees, you know, the, the, the you spoke about the monthly stipend for the kids that they need, you know, and you've been going out there fundraising. How are you doing on that front? Uh, I think exposure has been most of our our challenge mm. uh, because obviously we want to be exposed to corporates, we want to be exposed also to government departments that are able to assist us because these young men are doing great things. Mm. You know, um, some of them had a, 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 had a gap year because they didn't have funding to go to school, but this year they decided I'm going to go to school 
and even if it means that I will have an issue at the end of at the, at the end of my study period of graduating, because none of them can pay. Uh, only one of the boys has an exercise that is assisting him. And we need to remember that uh, there are kids who went to amazing grades as well when they were babies, and they don't have family members that would say, uh, let's assist you, let us help you, you know, that, that, that the community members that can do that. So everything falls on the amazing grades children's home, which would then be still need assistance into the day-to-day running of their uh, children's home. Um, so I think our most biggest challenge has been that exposure to say people come on board and uh, let us work together into making this campaign uh, uh, a success. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us Mpulukeng, and telling us more about the work that you do with Intiga Yesizwe Development Foundation. How do our listeners get in touch with you? So they can look us up on Facebook on Intiga Yesizwe. Development Foundation, and also we've got an email where they can just email us on itikayeza.dev at gmail.com. Thank you so much for that information and all the best to you as you continue to make a positive contribution to the development of a society. 26 minutes after 4 o'clock, a very good morning to you. And that was our guest for this morning, Mbulugeng Mudao, doing amazing work with Nzigayezwe Development Foundation, which translates to Pillar of the Nation in Kosa, which is an indigenous language in South Africa. Still on our national topic of the day today, Today, let's remind you, we are asking this morning, what role do beauty pageants play in nation building? Some of you have already started giving us some of your thoughts on that. Please do continue doing so. We're together up until the top of the hour, 5 a.m. Here's the sounds of Mary J. Blige with Just Fine.